right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And tonight, we have a terrible truth. We must confess, the show has been overrun by Lakna, the dark orb of oblivion. He controls all. His influence is undeniable. He changes small nerdy boys into purple hooky men, which is what we are on Run the Real, right? <laughs> yes, yes. If anything, it would do the opposite since I'm already such a hulking and uh, physically fit man. <laughs> <laughs> TV is now a young boy <laughs> yeah. who collects rocks. <laughs> I've been reverted to my nerdy self, thanks to Lochnar. <laughs> He's back again, and we're taking a ride. What are we taking a ride on this week, Fox? Heavy metal. Oh, yeah. We're doing it. We've done it. Only took us who knows how many years. <laughs> Is this one that's been in the back burner? Is this one we've been waiting for? Well, I bought it years ago <laughs> with the intention to do it. <laughs> All right. That is our category, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Fox, did you know about this movie before I showed you the South Park episode that spoofs heavy metal? Yeah, like I was aware of it only because I like Blue Oyster Cult and a lot of the YouTube videos of Blue Oyster Cult songs like throw in scenes from this movie. But I I wouldn't even say I guess I knew what it was until seeing it, to be honest. I think I'd seen like the cover art a lot. I, I like I knew of its existence, but I didn't know anything else about it besides that. Yeah, that's about where I was at. And then I watched the uh, well, I, I was watching South Park and I remember it very vividly. I was like wrapping presents for Christmas and this episode came on and I immediately stopped wrapping the presents because I wanted to watch the episode more than wanted to wrap the presents. <laughs> Dan, did you know what this was? Yeah, I knew what it was beforehand. I'd not seen it before, but I mean, it's pretty infamous, so. Yeah, it's a definite cult classic and I can kind of see why after watching it. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense, but. I think after I watched that South Park episode, I sat Fox down. I was like, dude, you got to watch this. This is awesome. Was pretty awesome. <laughs> we watched it, and then soon after, Fox bought it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took, huh? It's that, uh, you know, whenever they were doing the VHS Blu-rays, and I was like, oh, I mean, if this is anything like the South Park episode, we got to do it. But then we never did. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that song in the South Park episode is kind of what sold me. Like, I made me like interested. Was just like that bump, 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 bump. It's just like such like a fun intro to like that bit they do in that TV show. It's like I gotta watch this movie. If it's the music's like that in this, then I'm gonna like it. But it kind of is, I guess. Kinda. But let's get into it. So, Heavy Metal was released in 1981. It's based off of this, like, a comic or a graphic novel? Magazine. A magazine? Okay. That spanned um, from, like, the se late 70s to, like, the 90s, right? Is when they stopped. This movie split into chunks, and it follows different chunks of the, um, the story from the magazine. It's an anthology film. So it's got four uh, different stories in there. I guess five? Right, if you count the very beginning with the astronaut driving up with Lochnar. Yeah, I guess so. It's like the one that ties it all together. Seems like a lot of anthologies have like a fun like mid thing that they like cut back to and give an excuse to tell the next story kind of thing. 
Yeah, what it reminded me of is the VHS movies. Like, there's somebody sitting there, and they find all these tapes in somebody's house. It's the same in both of them. And he puts the tape in, watches something very graphic. And he's like, hmm, let me put the next one yeah. in. <laughs> but this one's better because it's like Lochnar telling this little girl the story. He's like, you were the only one who can kill me. Or whatever at the beginning. Let me reveal my terrible secrets. Then <laughs> to the girl who will <laughs> inherit the power to kill me. Hmm. All right, Lochnar. Power play. <laughs> Not really well done. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gets the point across that I mean, it's so minor. You don't really care about it till the end. Although I did like the intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. The spaceship and him like landing on the planet in his car. Man, that was like breaking my brain a little bit. Like the combination of like the real life stuff with like the animation stuff. My brain was having a hard time like processing it, I guess. I was just like watching it. I'm like, I don't know. It was just weird. I don't, you don't see stuff like that very often. You then. don't like rotoscoping then, do you? It was so bizarre. Yeah. I don't, I haven't <laughs> seen a lot of that kind of stuff. So, rotoscoping is one of those outdated, weird, and animation things if you don't know what rotoscoping is it's basically how 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 to put it <laughs> oh it's like they film somebody and then they they cut out like the character and then sketch over it and put those sketches on the uh the animated background and it's done frame by frame and everything so so it's real smooth like film but drawings yeah it's very weird technique that ralph bakshi made pretty famous I want to say that Lord of the Rings, the animated one that does Fellowship in Two Towers, used a ton of it back in the day. It's a... If you're interested, yeah, go check out the Bakshi Lord of the Rings. It's quite a bit different. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it was bad or anything. It's just that my brain had a hard time with it. I don't know if that means it's bad. I guess it made it feel very psychedelic, I guess. I think that's what this is going for. Yeah, and I think it works in that context. Um, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, my brain was just like confused. And I don't I don't think that's either a good or a bad thing. I'm just like, huh, <laughs> this is strange. It's a weird technique that I don't think was particularly good when <laughs> they were using it. And it, it's very situational, I'd say, for when you should use rotoscoping. I did like the vibe, though, that the movie had with, yeah, the astronaut, like, coming out of the spaceship in his, like, open roof car convertible or whatever, like, <laughs> flying down onto the planet. That was pretty cool. Man, that caught me so off guard. I thought it was going to be, like, a little, like, spaceship that comes out of the regular spaceship. That's what I was expecting, too, <laughs> yeah. And he's just, like, cranking out this, yeah, heavy metal song. Like, <laughs> that was pretty cool. I did like that part. Yeah, this movie started very differently than I was expecting. Like, everything I'd seen was, I mean, you look at the cover art for this, and it is, um, what, what's her name? That Tarna like, the Defender. Yeah, Tarna, riding her, like, pterodactyl bird thing with the sword up, and she's wearing a real skimpy outfit, and that's all I'd seen. And it looks like they're on some different planet, and there's, like, orcs and weird creatures. That's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting an astronaut and then a cab driver. And <laughs> then it kind of gets into what you're more aware of. I guess there's the like Space Federation episode too. That was kind of what I meant when I said I, I still didn't really know what it was until I saw it because I thought the whole thing was 
tar nun or space bikini and a pterodactyl. And the whole movie, I was like, where's the space bikini gal and her pterodactyl? <laughs> What's going on? Have we been lied to? She does show up. Eventually. I mean, it's not that long of a movie, though. It's only an hour and 26 minutes. It doesn't feel terribly long, either. Don't get me wrong. At least I didn't think it did. No, it goes by pretty quick. I'm just gonna say my thoughts on this movie have changed very quickly over the past, like, few days since I've watched it. Because when I watched it, I was kind of like, wow, this wasn't at all what I was expecting. And then later, uh, I watched this um, three days ago, and slowly over time, I kind of want to watch it again. Really? It's it's mainly only for certain sections. Ah, uh-huh. that's why. Okay. <laughs> that's why. Well, okay, okay. So I really like the... Um, episode how do, how do we want to say this episode sections you guys are gonna give me <laughs> crap on whatever i say here the section with den the kid who's like the nerdy guy who gets transported uh, <laughs> oh really interesting <laughs> it's john candy voicing him i love that section it was so funny because <laughs> he was just this like little kid and then he suddenly becomes this hulking guy who's amazing and it's kind of like uh a Princess of Mars is basically what that is. If you guys know what that book is, they made um, John Carter was the Disney thing of it. Oh, okay. But it's by Edgar Rice Burroughs. That was very similar to that or kind of like, um, I know Dan has read this, The Walking Drum. I kind of got those vibes, but it was like a fantasy alternate 80s weird vibe to it that's fueled by... Um, what they say in their tagline or whatever. It's like sex and rock and roll and whatever. I don't know. It's a weird um, mashup of a lot of stuff. And I like that. And the animation is really pretty cool. Let's talk about that animation. In like a historical <laughs> way. This is 1981, man. There's this whole like dark age of animation that occurred in America where... You'll hear the name Bakshi. I think I incorrectly said last week that he worked on this, but he did not. Bakshi is a big name in it, um, where all these animators were like, we don't want to work with Disney, and we don't want, we don't like the Disney image that's being produced for all this animation. So basically, they set out to make this cheap-looking animation that was super adult-oriented. So the dark age of animation in America was like a bunch of people who didn't have a lot of money setting out to do that basically and be like animation can be more than just kids cartoons. And it's interesting seeing the parallels in America with that and comparing it to like places in Japan. That's where heavy metal came from was the dark age of animation. So you've got this style I guess you could call it that. <laughs> I I won't lie; it looks hideous <laughs> many times throughout the film. But it's it, it's born of that style where they didn't have a lot of money, so they're just like drawing this stuff. You, you can look up more stuff about it. I'm sure who and people who will tell it to you more eloquently than I can. But that's kind of where this comes from it's not your disney style that has like the superb drawing and everything this is more crudely 
put together, let's say, and like things warp around in some of them, and it doesn't always add up, and it looks the perspectives all janky and off. So that's the style of animation that heavy metal is, and I am not <laughs> the biggest fan of that. I'll just come right out and say. <laughs> Do you think that Dark Age, while that is like the era, is a bit of a misnomer, though? I think a lot of people kind of consider it to be a golden age and that it was revolutionary and kind of changed the way we look at animation. Yeah, I know people who think that. It's true, and I'm I'm not like trying to diss it by saying that because I am glad that we had all these people who went out and forged their own path in animation because that's led us to a lot of really good animated features that we have today. I mean, if people hadn't done that in Japan, we wouldn't have got Akira, for example, or Perfect Blue, right? Which are two of the best anime movies that ever came out of Japan. And you can say the same thing about movies, uh, animated movies from America as well. So it's got a very cool and rich history to it, even if I don't care for <laughs> the animation style myself. Well, if you look at, um, in popular culture today, we had this game called uh, Cuphead. Cuphead is based on this age of animation, this like early 20 years of animation. And obviously it does it, you know, way better. It's... <sighs> It's not drawn anything like this, though. Cuphead's art is superb in, like, every measure. <laughs> Say, I feel like Cuphead is more like 30, 40s, you know? Yeah, like early Disney. It's an Yeah, its animation style is early Disney, like Fox said. The content, however, is more adult-oriented, like what? I wouldn't say it's like heavy metal, but it's more... It's for adults. yeah. And I'm not saying it's like heavy metal, but it's inspired by this age of animation is what it is. And when heavy metal came out, I mean, I'm guessing it was more trying to pave a way into its own unique thing based off of uh, the, the magazine. And I'm guessing they didn't get a big budget like a Disney movie. So they did what they could. And I think a lot of it's pretty decent. I think it looks pretty cool. I I like it. I think it's fun to look back at the historical animation and see how it looks different from now. Because you take the 80s and then very quickly into the 90s, you started getting stuff like The Lion King and Toy Story that Disney was doing. But this was like low-budget animation back then. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about it. It's like indie animation almost, which it feels a little more raw, a little more rugged, clunkier even, you know, like... But I think it gives it a kind of a fun style, like that really helps the movie for me at least. And it isn't perfect by any means, but I don't know. Yeah, I think there's something cool about that, just the, the vibe of it. It makes it feel almost more psychedelic too, which is, I feel like, a very <laughs> strong thing in this movie. I do think it's supposed to be, yeah, more bohemian, like intentionally low budget and rail against like Disney. Because like clearly based on the content matter, they do not care for capitalism and major corporations. Which we see like in all of these films of that style, like Fritz the Cat is just like a whole big commentary on it. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, part of the whole thing was anybody can do this if you want to, right? You don't have to work for Disney. You don't have to be the best in the business to do animation. That was one of the other parts of it. And I mean, clearly it worked because you have these cult classics like Fritz the Cat and Heavy Traffic, Heavy Metal. It, it It's weird. Art is subjective. So, especially for animated movies, right? I I appreciate it, but I don't really care for it. We'll put it that way. Like, I've never been big into the things that are like, look at us, we're adult for adult's sake anyways. Like, I find it kind of cringy and childish, ironically, right? So, <laughs> I'd rather it just be like a good cohesive story that makes sense with good characters and stuff right so so dan i want you to put yourself in the shoes of a an eight-year-old boy eight? in 1981 <laughs> and you see this movie like late on tv your parents don't know you're watching it if you go read the reviews of people who absolutely love this movie those are the people. Like They're like, this is the coming of age movie for me. Hmm, I wonder why, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, because this movie takes a whole bunch of things and mashes them up, and you get young kid brain, you know where he's at, you know what I'm talking about, and this movie <laughs> definitely supplies that in animation. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm, not, I'm not hating it for that. I think that's important, because... This stuff forged a new way in America for animation to go, which is good. It can't all be Disney, which ironically it pretty much is now. But... Think about this. How many of those kids do you think grew up and became animators and maybe worked on Disney movies after seeing this? Quite, uh, quite a few. I'm, I, like I said, I'm not hating on what this movie did at all because... I get why they did it and why they made it so adult and, like, put all that stuff in there. Like, I completely get all that. And I think that it was justified and it's good that they did it because at the time they basically had to to make a name for themselves and differentiate, right? I just don't like it. It's <laughs> the thing. I, I just, I, I hate the art style in all of those um i it's 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 okay sometimes but i think the cab driver one is the worst offender because oh man that's so bad to look at sometimes in that one i'll agree with that one i didn't really like the animation in the cab driver one that was rough for for me if if they can't keep the perspective right and like bodies are warping around and stuff to me that's the sign of bad animation yeah, it did remind me of, not not a good thing that it reminded me of this, but uh, we talked about uh, Star Wars A Holiday Special. Oh, no. <laughs> there's that, that animated uh, section of it. It's the same kind of weird, off-putting animation, and certain parts of heavy metal do, like, remind me of that, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not what I liked about this movie. There was certain parts I really liked, like the Den story, the, uh, the like, B-51 bombers. That was awesome. With the zombie uh, guys. And I loved the Tarna stuff. I guess the um, 
the dude who's on trial, that was kind of amusing. It wasn't my favorite, but I was amused by it. It was much better than the cab driver. Man, I don't think we'd have Zap Brannigan in Futurama without that story. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. I got Zap Brannigan vibes from that guy. <laughs> and I'm sure that they were like <laughs> basing that character off of him a little bit, you know? I think Futurama got a lot from this. <laughs> a lot of those shows did. Like, I mean, just look at South Park. Yeah, very indie yeah, art style, very low budget, you know, yeah. yeah. You mentioned uh, kind of like the quote-unquote like adult stuff that kind of maybe makes you cringe a little bit. I kind of felt that too in this movie. It really did feel mostly, yeah, just like a, a male like fantasy, power fantasy kind of thing almost, you know. It's an exploitation film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every woman is throwing themselves at the main character. All the named female characters are naked. Mm-hmm. They start out naked. Yeah, like when the final one even, when the main character is the warrior female protagonist, like, <laughs> she starts out naked. And, well, she has a robe on, but... Takes it off pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I bet you she doesn't have any clothes on under that. And then she immediately <laughs> takes it off. And then she sensually puts on her quote-unquote armor? <laughs> her dominatrix armor. <laughs> she totally could have saved that town if she hadn't spent four hours putting on the dominatrix outfit <laughs> like I, I don't know that kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way like I, I get that's like the whole vibe of this movie but it's also like well even when she's the main character like you can't help but do it it's like okay tasteless is the word <laughs> that is the criticism of the era i think you nailed it fox this is criticism of the era and that's fine, because looking back at it, you can definitely be like, look how far we've come. But I'm guessing this magazine, comic, whatever you want to call it, was made for a very uh, niche group. And this movie is very made for that as well. And if you're in that, I mean, you can tell looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, this was made for like teenage boys. Yeah, there's a certain audience they're shooting for. That's for sure. So... This movie came out in 1981, and the uh, the comic, the publication, started in 1977. They they categorize it as dark fantasy slash science fiction, erotica, and steampunk. This started in 1977 and went to 1992. And this is only four out of who knows how many hundreds of stories in that magazine. Yeah, I mean, it, they nail what they're going for. I mean, it's all very deliberate, like, what they're doing. Yeah, it's just, I'm not the target audience, I don't think, for this. <laughs> There's 136 issues of it. 16 volumes is what this spans. And this movie came out at the, like, very beginning, because they would have had to start uh, drawing the animations, animating it, getting the voice acting in, and probably, like, 79, 80 to get it out in 1981, I'm guessing. It's super interesting I don't know exactly what technique they used for this, if they were using rotoscoping and some other forms of animation, but kind of like what Disney was doing around in the same area. It's pretty interesting. You can look up a bunch of stuff on YouTube about it. I won't dive into it, but it was a pretty um, arduous task. I mean, you got your artist would draw it and then they'd send it to a different department who would have to throw everything together and animate it. It took a long time and that, that was Disney. Yeah, that was the... Uh, guys who were pumping out stuff like Snow White super early on. So I think it would be interesting to see a documentary about this movie. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd be interested in that. Mm-hmm. 
I would too. Just for that whole offshoot for all those artists who are like, we want nothing to do with Disney and their their child-friendly junk. We want to do our adult-themed stuff and push the genre. I honestly, yeah, I admire them for what they did, even if I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> and it paved the way for a lot of what we have now. Scooby-Doo, more modern, like your Shrek, that kind of stuff. You could trace that all the way back to this style, this movement. I'm surprised, like, Rick and Morty doesn't have an episode that, like, pays tribute or an homage to this, because it seems like the perfect thing. It's like adult animation. I don't know. I feel like the Rick and Morty takes a lot of inspiration from the, the stoner aliens driving the dead mouse helmet spaceship. Uh, by that, that whole segment, I think, with the World War II pilots transitioning into the doctor going to the Pentagon was, like, the best thing, I think. The stoner aliens, that whole one was like pinnacle of this movie. <laughs> so was that part of the B-17 bomber one? It was separate. I think with the way they did the transition, though, they did like the little red bleeping light thing and then like switched over to the Pentagon. Yeah, I was so confused. <laughs> I think it was kind of one little glop because they didn't do a little lore nar whoever being like Lock-nar. let me show you another horror in between those two i guess those zombies were like the mutants they were talking about maybe because that Lochnar does have hardly anything to do with that spaceship one he's like she has that green necklace i was like oh is she wearing Lochnar? but that never comes up at all so somehow she's wearing Lochnar as a necklace but they never explain how she gets it from like the meteorite hand because apparently there was another cut section that they didn't have time to finish before they released this. That explained ah. it. Maybe she was going to be the next chosen one. Mm. She didn't really <laughs> seem like a force of innocence and good, but what do I know? N- neither did Tarn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're supposed to be, apparently, right? Isn't that their whole thing, the Tarakians? Uh I think they're supposed to like answer the call or something. I don't know. Yeah what their deal is i guess what they're doing in their spare time but <laughs> they're just hanging out in that cave just swimming i guess you tell me you wouldn't go flying naked on a pterodactyl terry <laughs> you know if i was living on a strange alien world why not no that was earth he said that was earth in the far future oh really i thought yeah that's what i thought it was i don't remember them saying one way or the other because he, he was like, he was scaring that little girl and's like, and look into the far future or your far future or something like that. Why would he show her the moment of his death? Well, because he didn't know he was going to die because apparently time is a vertical construct in this <laughs> universe. <laughs> yeah. Fox can tell you all about the different time travel things. It just seems like he knows a lot about all these stories, but then he's like, and now I'll show you, you at the height of your power where you destroy me. And he's like, oh, wait, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) No. I I don't think he knew he was going to lose then because he was just looking in there and just assumed that was what was going to happen. But then Tarna's like, nah, I'm going to, I'm just going to stop you and I'm going to wait and do it after I've been... (laughs) beaten and who knows what else really thought she was going to be a lot better at the whole uh fighting thing she was awful 
She did nothing. <laughs> her pterodactyl's the real MVP. She's saving the her life every single time. The pterodactyl's getting stabbed. He's getting shot with harpoons. Like, but yeah, he keeps on fighting. Like maybe people just think the people with sword tattoos are Terrakians, but it's actually <laughs> the birds. Yeah, <laughs> the bird with the human voice. <laughs> I kind of wish that like she would have used her own power, the little girl against Lochnar. Like it, once it's revealed that she has like that potential for power, she should have used it against him and beat him. And, but he just explodes. He's like, "Well, I guess I'm beaten in the future, so I, that means I'm beaten now." I didn't get the vibe that the little girl was actually doing anything. Now look, you're asking a lot of questions here, and I just don't know if Heavy Metal Magazine is prepared to answer those questions. <laughs> I demand answers! <laughs> I did like that aspect that they tied that little girl into being like, I don't know, the progenitor of the Tarakians or whatever, or Tarna reincarnated her in her or something to stop Lachnar. I thought that was pretty neat. That was cool. I did like how they did tie it in at the end. Yeah, that was nice. I wasn't expecting it, so I was like, that's that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting him just like kill the girl at the end or something, but no, it actually has something to do with one of the stories. It would have been nice if it like, would have tied in with... Well, I guess Lochnar ties in with most of them, so I guess there always is that element, but there's not really any clues until the end, I guess, that why he's at with this little girl. Apparently because dad brought him home in a briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he found it in space. Look what I got for you. <laughs> Immediately gets melted. I like how many people just get melted because they don't know. <laughs> yeah, what, what was up with the veteran of the psychic war? Was that count as his own story where it's like just these aliens digging up something in a bulldozer getting melted? Like, that's not even a real story. <laughs> oh, wait. Do you know the story on that? Of why it's veteran of the psychic war in this movie? No, I don't know why. So, Blue Oyster Cult wrote the song Vengeance specifically for this movie. Ooh, that'd be perfect. And then they showed it to the producers, and the producers go, Well, you literally just told Darna's entire story, and this is supposed to be the opening. So they just, like, asked if they could use a different song off the album. Aww. I like the other one better. They should have just used it. And then Veteran of the Psychic Wars gives you the impression that it's related to the movie somehow. <laughs> well, it's just like, that that whole sequence has really nothing to do with it. It's just like, Tarn's like, let me show you these stories of my existence. And then he like shows just an alien, dig him up, and they get melted. And then we cut back to like an actual story that he wants to tell. <laughs> it's like, these aliens didn't learn a lesson, quote unquote, or anything. There was no like theme. The aliens just dug up this orb <laughs> and got melted. Like, <laughs> it lasted like five minutes. Why did we even see this? So we could see that wicked three-headed steam shovel scooper thing. <laughs> that was cool. Speaking of the music, I didn't realize it was in 81, so I can kind of like, I was like expecting a lot more heavy stuff in it, but it makes sense now that it's more just kind of hard rocky stuff. More influential influencers to the heavy metal, but there's some pretty good tracks in here, I think. I was surprised Devo's in this, of all things. Which Ooh, he fits so perfectly, like, uh, like D Dio's album art fits like perfectly in this uh kind of style. I think. Oh yeah, Dio. I, I meant Devo, but yeah, Dio. I was oh. so happy to hear oh. uh the Mob Rules in this uh movie. It was so cool. Oh yeah, everybody knows Dio with Sabbath was the best. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Well, okay, anyways, let's just... <laughs> Don't make me pick between my children. No. <laughs> Ronnie James Dio anywhere is amazing, so... I do love Dio. He's like my favorite metal singer, but Ozzy has a special place in my heart, yeah, with a Black Sabbath, so... I mean, they're both good, but Dio's obviously better. Yeah, and like <laughs> Sammy Hagar and Nazareth in here, Blue Oyster Cult. Man... If you like that era of metal, you're going to love the soundtrack for this movie. Though, and this might be a hot take. Uh-oh. I don't think it fit very well. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of here. Cut it. <laughs> Cut it, TV. I'm a little with him, so I'm going to leave it in. Uh, it does feel very ramrodded, but I kind of like that about it. The only reason it doesn't fit is because they leave you feeling so unsatisfied because they only play like 30 <laughs> seconds of each song. I felt like these could have just been like short music videos almost, and that would have been kind of cool just to watch a bunch of heavy metal songs play over uh, like an animation. Oh, man. Just like YouTube back in the day when it first started. People uploading anime with like lincoln park ugh, and other things yeah <laughs> you know what would go good with heavy metal power metal hmm maybe some stoner metal that's too fast <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of got like a lazy uh style to it that's what i would say with the animation i think the soundtrack is perfect i love it i do love it it's weird but it's this weird mashup that I like about it. I like that it's weird and it doesn't seem like it would fit, but it does. Yeah, I just felt like uh, rather than like animating to the music, I felt like they animated something and then they just threw the song over it, which like I did like the songs. It gives it an interesting vibe. I'm not I don't hate it. Like it didn't hurt it very much for me, but it just felt weird. You know, it's like I like the song, but it's like the, the style just doesn't quite fit with it. I don't know. You know, I just love the scene when Don Felder's heavy metal comes on as they're flying the B-51s. That was very fitting. <laughs> I love that. Like, just that whole sequence. It's probably like seven minutes, if even that. But that was so cool. It's such a cool idea, and the weird mashup with the music and everything with skeleton-like <laughs> zombies, <laughs> and they crash down there. I wanted more of that. But... I liked the other stuff I got, too. Besides, I didn't really care for the cab much at all. But the rest of it, I was okay with. The cab thing was kind of weird. My thing is, you can tear this movie apart as much as you want, because you, you absolutely can rip this movie apart. But I don't want to. It, it hit that cult classic vibe for me, where I love this kind of uh, old animation, the like fantasy sci-fi style it's going for, and the soundtrack, just all of it mashes so well together for me that i can dig it so like i all these are super valid criticisms i'm not disagreeing with you and you can tear this movie apart as much as you want and i'll agree with you but i i still like enjoyed it <laughs> it's not enough to yeah tear it down for you it's just like yeah that's a thing but didn't bother you yeah you know to be honest i'm still not sure where like how i feel about it to be fair though it is <laughs> very different from anything you'd see now right there's nothing like this and won't be again and that's kind of what i do like about it is that it does feel very different than a lot of other stuff 
it's got a cool vibe, even if some of the stuff's a little weird and maybe, I don't know, yeah, exploitative, perhaps. Not even perhaps, it definitely is, but yeah, the vibe of the movie is just so interesting to me. It does seem like kind of almost like a gateway into a broader world of sci-fi that I have not explored yet. Of short stories that are just preposterous, that I know are out there, <laughs> but are of an age long gone. Like uh, like fantasy sci-fi kind of stuff, is that what you're talking about? Or just like magazine, like you sell them your short story to magazines? Yeah, like the Pulp Fiction short story kind of sci-fi stuff, you know? Man, just pick up the Conan the Barbarian Del Rey book and read that and you'll be happy. They, they might be pulp, but they're very, very good. <laughs> yeah, that has a lot of the same vibes as this movie, those, those Conan books, but... Not as trashy. <laughs> yeah, not quite as trashy. There's some elements in there, but not nearly yeah. as much. You know, I got Conan vibes from this too. Yeah, yeah. It's that pulp style, yeah. The band Man of War. Yeah. Like their album art. It's just straight up like this, you know? I mean, I would say a lot of metal bands definitely drew from this style going forward. I mean, it's called heavy metal. It is. What was everybody's favorite short? Din or B the B fifty one. Gotta be the bomber with the skeleton crew. Yeah, I think I like the zombie one, and I like um, I think I did like Din too. I'll admit it, I did like that one. <laughs> Din's a fun character. Din is pretty funny. I think yeah, probably that and the bomber ones were my favorite. I wanted to like the Tarna one because I think that's an awesome name, Tarna the Defender. But Tarna's not very cool. She doesn't live up to the <laughs> hype, I don't think. It does not. It is a bummer. Now that pterodactyl, it definitely lives up to the hype. That's true. That bird was awesome. So we do an overall presentation then? Suppose so. Let's do it. All right, so we got a scale that we use to rate these movies. They go from Burn It. Pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel, and then we try to summarize our ratings at the end. So who knows? Will this movie be so heavy that it sinks to the bottom of the pile, or will it <laughs> rise up above the rest, holding a giant sword and being naked? <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm already naked. What? Oh, power move. <laughs> They're working from home. I mean, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I was, I went to go take out the trash today, so I went outside, it's been a while, I've been staying indoors, you know, um, but went out there, and I found this glowing orb in the trash can, Ooh! and it spoke to me, and it told me, I have a terrible truth that I must reveal to you, and it showed me many different worlds, many different times, but in every world, there was always a podcast, and there was always one man who went first for the overall presentation. And it was Mike, the chosen one, hero of Run the Real, champion of overall presentations. So all you have to do is swim across, you have to swim across the giant lake and get your mighty microphone and record your <laughs> overall presentation. Oh, but first you have to put on your sensual battle armor. Mm, let me, uh... Let me look around the room. I don't see anything that's worthy, so I'll just do it like this. All right. You know, when I was watching this, um, I was kind of like, wow, this isn't what I was expecting at all. But I still kind of liked it, and there were some things that I liked a lot, like 
uh, Den's story and the the B fifty one, and even some of the Tarnish stuff, I thought was cool from like a visual perspective. And it's kind of grown on me more since I've watched it. And you know, I think I would buy this movie if I saw it for a pretty good price. So like I would say under seven bucks, yeah, I'd pick this up because I could see myself watching it again for like a fun movie to just kind of relax to and listen to the tunes and see the visuals. Do with that what you will. I guess that's a buy it. Yeah, you know, as I've mentioned, my fiance and I watched this together and we <laughs> there's definitely some uh elements in there you wouldn't see today. Like she was like, Good God, did they hire Dennis from Always Sunny to animate all these women? <laughs> Because <laughs> they do <laughs> look just like Dennis's sketches of women. But, um, you know, we finished it and we got to talking and she was like, you know, I'd give this a watch. And I was like, hmm, you know, I'm having a lot more fun reminiscing about the sections we liked than actually watching it. But then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, hmm, we could watch this again sometime. It's pretty short, just an hour and a half, kind of fun. And I'm kind of leaning towards a buy. But I feel like it's uh, either you watch this once and you're like, I don't like this, and you were never gonna like it, or you watch it once and you're like, hmm, I like this. I can maybe do this from time to time and you're gonna buy it. I don't, I don't know how much middle ground there is there. I don't know if it's worth seeing just for the influence. So I think in sticking with what I've already done, I'm gonna give it a buy, <laughs> only because I own the VHS cover Blu-ray of it already. <laughs> sticking with his guns, that's what I like to see. Yeah, this is a pretty interesting movie to watch, I think. The style's a little janky, it's a little weird, but I think that gives it a charm, almost. It's a very psychedelic feeling because of it. It's very uh, indie feeling, too, which I like. It feels very independent. They might, you know, do some stuff, like with the nudity and everything, which is like, very excessive. And, you know, that does push it down a little bit for me. I, I think they could have told better stories, probably, but I do think that this movie's vibe is what kind of carries it Overall, I think I'm going to give it a watch it. I think it's got an interesting feel to it. You don't see this type of animation very often, and it's got its flaws, but I think the charm is what's holding it up for me. So I'm going to give it a watch it. This movie uh, is very influential in American animation. It's it's in that fair of the, oh, I guess you could call it Dark Age. We discussed that a little bit. Why it might be a misnomer of animation in America, which really ended up pushing the genre forward. I think the history around this movie and this movement is more interesting than actually watching the movie itself. I'm surprised it works, because most anthology films don't aren't that great, because they're very weak in the story department. This one's no exception. Most of the stories aren't very great. Some of them are pretty amusing at times but it's very outdated now something like this wouldn't get made today <laughs> no way there'd be a huge uproar over it and the the animation's just not very good for most of it to me anyways the di like looking at something like the lion king and comparing it to heavy metal i mean there's a night and day difference there and i'd much rather if i had to pick an animated movie to watch i'd rather watch um something that's animated much better than what this is though i will admit it not everything in this is awful from an animation standpoint it is interesting just for the history around it i think but 
I don't think that necessarily means that you need to see it because what this has inspired and what other movies in the same vein have inspired from that time period far surpasses what this was when it came out. So if you're interested, I'd say give it a watch. But for me, I think I'm going to give it a pass because there's much better <laughs> movies, animated films out today. You know, Dan, without this, you would probably never have Man of War and then never have Fantasy Metal. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I think you would. With Dio, Black Sabbath, all that stuff. He was already starting that. M music and comics evolved in much different ways. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. L like I said, I appreciate it, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't have ever existed. I get what they were doing, and they needed to do it to separate it self but they don't you don't need to do that anymore and for today's audiences it's there's much better types of this fair that you can go to i think you're gonna look at the cover art and determine if you're gonna like it or not maybe yeah <laughs> or at least be interested it's it's an interesting one i'll give it that and i don't hate it i just yeah there, there's better things you can watch well i guess what, what does that come out to we had two buy it's Watch it pass. So is that like the weird <laughs> area between a watch it and a buy it again? Yeah, I think so. A watch it or buy it from Run the Reel? You've probably heard of it. Yeah, you probably know something about it. Just look it up. Yeah, you'll, you'll see if you're interested. So what do we want to do for next week? Do you have a pick, Mike? So I went digging through all my movies, and I've actually watched every movie I own. Wow. Oh. Do you... Uh... Want me to pick something that I've always wanted to watch? Yeah, you can, you can reward yourself for your good deeds and watching your movies. Ah, yeah, Mike's good deed episode. His summer cleaning. He beat us to the punch. We'll see this. I, I did have a pick for this. This anthology movie kind of got me thinking about another movie that's similar and has multiple stories that all tie in together oh, no. that i want to watch <laughs> what do you think i'm gonna pick dan i don't know <laughs> he's worried though <laughs> i hope it's not vhs or any of those it, it is not but i guess kind of similar i'm picking trick or treat oh, oh i do okay. want to see that nice see look pleasantly surprised Dan is pleased. We've all been rewarded for Mike's good behavior. Yeah, this is good. I have seen this before, so oh, I'll be curious to see what you guys think about it. I think the fact that TV said he's excited is probably a good thing. So, well, to see what we think about it <laughs> makes me not so confident in it anymore. TV gets excited on some questionable <laughs> good movie <laughs> he loves the criticism he feeds on it you know i think this movie kind of has like a cult classic -y status to it too a bit it's a lot more recent from 2007 but i've kind of heard it in the like cult classic -y speak about it so tune in next week to find out yeah, yeah. who knows who knows where we'll all land on this one Ooh, yes i will be very intrigued to hear the answer TV, where can they spam us with Kangaroo Jack memes and uh, yeah. heavy metal art for Dan? 
<laughs> they can send both of those straight to the trash bin in my email. No. <laughs> Cause that's where they're going. <laughs> but to get there, you'll have to email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook at runtherreal. You can send us that stuff if you want. It's fine, I guess. Though I will say I have like five days worth of power metal on my phone, so I've probably seen the power metal artwork <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Dan does love his power metal. But yeah, hit us up if you got any recommendations. What what do you think about heavy metal? I'd be very curious to hear about that. Do you think it's like a little bit too much, maybe a little too too much, you know, what's the word? Exploitative, I guess. Is that is that what we're going with on this one? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Or do you think it's just like a cult classic and a bunch of fun? I wanna hear it. I wanna know. Or something in between. Sounds good. Well yeah, be sure to get in contact with us. Let us know what you think about it or what you wanna recommend to us. Just anything. Just hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Are we wrong about anything? Let us know. Are we right? Please let us know. Of course we're right. Let us know. <laughs> Reinforce our views, please. Yes. <laughs> Never question my opinions. How dare you? What do you mean, opinions? It's all facts here. <laughs> Before we get too deep into this, I'm going to get us out of here. Thanks for listening to us tonight. This is Run The Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.